For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. It is Chair Shot Reality coming to you from Point Park University in downtown Pittsburgh. I'm Justin LaVar. Out on a steroid investigation is Juice Springsteen. But joining me down in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, he is the other CSR original. He is Mr. Josh Eisenberg. Josh, Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Has anybody ever actually thought Juice would be on steroids? The guy weighs about 98 pounds. I weighed as much as I did as he did in second grade, Justin. Well, he is popping out of those skinny jeans, so you never know what could be going on. Josh, let's get, into, let's get into the hot topics. Uh, a, lot of, um, a lot of news to talk about in and outside the ring, but let's start with Paige. We haven't seen her take a bump since she got injured at that non-televised house show in Long Island. We've seen her on TV, but no bumps. She's now been pulled from the Royal Rumble, and a lot of rumors going around being sourced initially to PW Insider that her wrestling career could be done. It's pretty surprising, that one kick to the back of the head, but as you've seen, WWE doctors are extremely uh, protective of their talent now for legality reasons, obviously. If this is the end of Paige's career, man, she came back. She came back with a lot of buzz, a lot of... Uh, positive feedback you know after going through a lot in the past year year and a half inside and outside of the ring rehabilitation and her personal life at 25 years old can Paige still contribute to professional wrestling without being in the ring I think yes I think whenever you see Paige as a manager as a mouthpiece one of the things that a lot of people even you know close friends would even say Paige is one of the most believable women whenever she speaks people love to hear her talk and I think if she's not a wrestler, she can certainly, certainly contribute as a coach and she can contribute as a manager for a very long time. How great would it be, though, Justin, if this is true and she can't compete, that Paige becomes a manager for Absolution and then maybe down the road she becomes a manager for a guy? Flip the switch. I mean, it's equal rights. It's equality. It's gender equality these days, right? <laughs> well, I, if she is, in fact, done, obviously it's unfortunate, as you said, young age. But I would not want to see her on an on-air role right now because I think you'd run into what you run into Dan with, Dan with Daniel Bryan is that people seeing her it would be very hard to keep her away from conflict if you have her as a manager as a mouthpiece so people are going to keep wanting and wishing for that that payoff or that one okay well maybe she can do one bump or something uh, so I think for the time being she would have to transition to a behind the scenes role she would make a great coach at the performance center I don't think they've ever had a female uh, backstage agent slash producer at least not in this current time where the women are, are so are, are such a valuable part of the show so I could see her helping agent, uh, maybe even creative, the, the women's division. I, I think if you were going to see her in an on-air capacity, that would have to be years down the road when maybe, you know, it, you know the, 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 it's, the, it's, it's faded away. Um, but, it, you know, if, if, if she is done, again, it's unfortunate, 25. I mean, she goes down, as we've seen some others uh, with careers, I mean, you know, uh, you know, different era, but, you know, Magnum TA, a very charismatic, mm -hmm. loved performer, but was cut off uh, due to, I believe, a car accident. I mean, so if, if this is it. Um, this certainly is unfortunate, but it adds quite another interesting ending to the movie is already being made about her in Hollywood. That is true. And it's going to be interesting to see, you know, like you said, we're not sure on anything and it's all speculation. We always heard that Daniel Bryan's career is over how that looks now. You never know, but um, injuries is, is a huge thing in WWE and it's taking over, you know, every month it seems like somebody's hurt and somebody's out of the ring, which brings us to the next big topic. It looks like Samoa Joe, who was only expected to be out a couple of weeks 
maybe out longer because he's been pulled from live events all the way up until mid-March, Justin. Yeah, what a 12 months Joe's had since being called up from NXT. You know, he debuted the night after Rumble last year uh, after much anticipation. Um, you know, we saw some injury with him. You know, then he had a good summer, a good summer, you know, brief run at working against Brock Lesnar, uh, coming off very real. Um, he's, he's just had these, he's had these ups and downs moments of A, when he's healthy, and B, when WWE's uh, utilizing him and letting him be the best that Samoa Joe could be. You know, look, it, it, the, the fact is, is that if you continue to get injured, you know, you can't, you know, you can't help but when your management's going to start to question, okay, how much commitment can we put towards the guy? Especially, you know, it's, you know, Joe, while he's new in the WWE circles, he's not a young pup. Yeah. And the thing is, Joe has had such a long and, and a successful career outside of WWE. I don't think anybody will, will dismiss that. But if Joe can't get healthy and continue to stay healthy, you're right. There's going to be a lot of questions around Samoa Joe's durability, even in WWE. 12 months, he's been injured and off TV for an extended period of time of, what, three or four of those months. When Joe is healthy, when Joe is good, there's nobody better than Samoa Joe on the mic and in the ring. But it's going to be interesting to see if he is uh, just banged up a little bit, if it's something taking longer than expected. I mean, the nose surgery took him out for a little while, but that was something that's been lingering for quite some time. A big guy like Samoa Joe, I think maybe it's something with his strength and conditioning. I, I, you know, I have no reason behind it other than a pattern of 12 months where you're seeing Samoa Joe continuously get banged up. This guy can be great, but I don't know if he's going to have the opportunity to be great. Well, and I'm sure I'll be corrected by some fans for saying this. I don't have, obviously, the notes in front of me on this particular statement. But you, to that point about you know conditioning and such, it makes you wonder. Again, he's not the youngest uh, of guys. Uh, he, he has a unique body type and, 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 and you know what have you. I, I got to wonder, based upon his previous runs with TNA and even Ring of Honor, you know, the WWE schedule might be something different for him to get used to physically, and maybe that has played a toll. I'm not trying to call him soft or anything yeah. of that nature, but, um, you know, ring shape is a very tricky thing, and we see guys half of his age that can have, to have trouble uh, maintaining ring shape or maintaining, you know, health in, in WWE's uh, very crazy, strenuous tour. Uh, Roman Reigns, talking about being on a tour, not being on a tour. His name... Uh, Rightly or wrongly, got put in a headline this past week that just does not read well. Uh, it start, first started with Bleacher Report, who put in a headline that Roman Reigns has been named as one of the clients, one of the several famous clients, Mark Wahlberg among others in Hollywood, uh, by Richard Rodriguez, who is a gym owner in, in, in Miami, uh, who was raided back in February 2017. Uh, you know, in, in connection to being a steroid, having a steroid ring and being a dealer, names Roman Reigns as one of his clients. So a lot of buzz starts going about, okay, you know, what's going on here? There's audio that, that, that you can hear Mr. Rodriguez uh, naming Roman. And then Reigns comes out and makes a statement uh, completely denying this, saying he's never even heard of this guy. And, of course, Reigns notes that he has been suspended once uh, for a failure of the wellness policy back in the summer of 2016, and he, and he paid for his consequences uh, and has been clean ever since. So, Josh, uh, any which way, no matter what, this is just not a good headline to have any WWE name in. Absolutely. Whenever people say any publicity is good publicity, this is them being proven wrong. Now, let me ask you, Justin, just because Roman Reigns is from Pensacola, Florida, do you think that has any um, connection with fans actually believing 
He tested positive because this guy's from Miami, Florida, because Pensacola and Miami, they ain't far away, but they're, but they're certainly, certainly not, not really close either. either. No, geography is the last thing I really think of. I just, you know, it's, it's, you think so? Because with The Rock and the connections with gyms in Miami and things like that, you don't think the family heritage has anything to do with fans' perception of this? Well, I mean, you can bring up, and it's a, it's a fact, obviously, The Rock's connection to the city of Miami. But I, to me, I just more think of it as... Okay, it's one thing when you read it and you hear and somebody's just, you know, blabbing his mouth, but then when you hear an actual audio and this guy's talking about people that, you know, he's that were in that he named and in, in, when he was investigated and I mean, it, it makes you wonder like okay, like you know, this is somebody who's, you know, been involved with with the feds. He was investigated by the feds. He's do, you know, he's he's going to do time for it and you know, it just seems like he's so far along now at this point that just to throw a random name, just to just to throw a dart against the wall and, and, and name Roman Reigns, a, a, a WWE superstar, it, it, it begs the question of, you know, when there's smoke, there's fire. Now, I'm not trying to say that Roman Reigns is lying in his statement. There's, there's probably a whole lot more to this. It's not like this guy's the most savvy character. He's a steroid dealer, for Christ's sakes. But, um, <laughs> you know, but, you know, it just, it's, it, it, it's, it came out of nowhere. It just makes you think that there's something there. There, it makes you think that something is there. And I'm not going to say I have any idea because I don't think anybody does right now and at this point. It's interesting that they would randomly bring out somebody like that, like Roman Reigns, when they could pick on a million other people. Um, you look at Roman Reigns, you think, wow, this guy is just looks like a genetic freak. And obviously with the wellness policy in 2016, people saying it was steroids, but then it was you know quoted out being Adderall that was also uh, prohibited by WWE's wellness team. I don't know how much stock you can put into this, and it's even scarier because I don't know if we're ever going to find out how much stock is into this. Because when you think about it, WWE, as we know, has suspended big-name athletes in the past for steroids, guys like Randy Orton, what we thought was Roman Reigns. So I don't think Roman Reigns is above WWE's wellness policy anymore because I think they're in a different era than it was 10 years ago where we looked at every WWE wrestler and maybe they're a mid-card guy and they got suspended. But maybe it's John Cena, which everybody's like, well, he had to be steroided out and he didn't get suspended based on how they're viewed in WWE's perception of you know how important they are for their programming. So it's just going to be interesting to see if anything else comes out of it. I don't know. This is a little bit of smoke, but I think the fire could be put out pretty quickly by WWE. Sure, and I agree. You know, he's been suspended once, so you know he's he's obviously being tested. He, he I think he cited that he's been tested eleven times since that first suspension. So, you know, he he certainly had. It's funny that he's counting. Well, though, no, he's counting eleven times. Pretty Yeah, but I don't think it's a bad thing. I think after you, I think I think that's how you want to. That's how you want to protect yourself. You want to keep record of, of every time you've passed. Uh, so when things like this do come up, you have the you have the information. If somebody goes, how many times have you been tested? You could say eleven. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. I mean, I hope nothing's to this. Obviously, you know, I, I you know, uh, I'm not part, and neither are you of the. Uh, the the chronic bashing of Roman Reigns of saying that he, he can't wrestle. I mean, he's obviously came a long way. He, he's far better than people than a certain. He's like, he's he's like you in 2009 to now. now. You've come a long <laughs> way, Justin. And look at you now. You look great. Yeah, thank you very much. He's certainly better than most people want to give him credit for. But we'll keep our eye. We'll keep our eye on the situation. Although you got to believe though, with Roman Reigns um, going to be at Royal Rumble here coming up soon in Philadelphia, a place that he has a poor history with the fans. You got to think some uh, chance could uh, could stir up from the fans. Yep. Uh, in Philadelphia, the city of brotherly love, really. All right, we got more coming up this weekend. It's Chair Shot Reality on Wrestling Inc. Make sure you subscribe, download, comment, like, share. Do what you got to do.
You're watching Chair Shot Reality, your number one procrastination tool on the internet. I am Justin Labar, as we're here every single weekend in studio on Wrestling Inc. I also want to remind you guys, make sure you check out WrestleRumble.com. Polls are open. It's a lot of fun. WrestleRumble.com with Royal Rumble coming up. You can go on Wrestle Rumble. We make predictions about who's who's going to be the first eliminated, who's the last eliminated, who wins the Rumble, who wins this match. A lot of fun stuff. First prize, $1,000. So you know you're going to watch Rumble anyways. Why not give yourself a chance to win $1,000? Second prize, also money. I believe you can get the WWF Winged Eagle belt. Great prize list. A lot of fun. Check it out. WrestleRumble.com. I'm Justin Labar here in Pittsburgh, down south in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. He is Josh Eisenberg. Josh, <clears throat> Candice LeRae, War Machine, Ricochet, and EC3 all being uh, reported or confirmed by WWE. I think all actually have been confirmed by WWE to have uh, been down at the Performance Center and are now inside of uh, inside of the WWE company, whether they go to NXT, whether they go to Raw or SmackDown. That all remains to be seen. But among those names I just gave you, who intrigues you the most? The names that you've given me, the one that intrigues me the most. If you can guess, Justin, let me give you a guess first because you're a pretty smart guy graduated with a bachelor's degree at Point Park University where you're at now, who would you think is the one I'm most excited about? I'm going to go with EC3. Well, you know my men, don't you, Justin? You <laughs> know, know the men. men that grind the gears of Josh Eisenberg. And I'm going to go EC3 because EC3 had a quick stint in WWE. Not many people remember Derek Bateman, obviously, because he didn't do much besides NXT before NXT was what we know what it is now. And a few spots on SmackDown. So whenever you look at EC3, he is one guy that has completely evolved his entire look, his gimmick, and he has something now that not many people do. He has charisma. Whenever you see a lot of guys on Raw and SmackDown, oh, they're great. They have great talent. They're good in the ring. Not a lot of charisma. I know you know a lot of those guys. Some guys you think aren't going to be world champions ever like Sami Zayn. But EC3 has a chance to come into WWE almost completely fresh. He's a guy that people loved in TNA, a guy that completely really transformed what TNA was at a period of time when they're bringing in used and washed up guys like Sting, like Hulk Hogan, like Mick Foley. And then you see a young, fresh guy like EC3. He has the potential to be world championship material. But I want to say one thing about EC3. Show him in the crowd at NXT TakeOver Philadelphia. I don't want to see him in the Royal Rumble because he's not yet established in the WWE Universe's minds as being somebody as important as an AJ Styles or a Bobby Roode or stuff like that. So if you're going to build EC3 up, the guy I'm most looking forward to, you got to do it in the ranks of NXT. It's happened and been successful before. I agree about the Royal Rumble point. I would say out of everybody we've, uh, you know, we were throwing out here that is, is new to the company, Candice LeRae would be the only one I would say put in a Rumble, put in the women's Rumble, mm-hmm. um, and I think you can get away with that. Um, you know, I, I've 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 worked with all of them except I've been I've been at shows around all of them except for Ricochet. I saw Ricochet as Prince Puma at Lucha Underground. All of them very talented in different ways. Um, you know, I, I think. You know me, I'm very much a look guy. I love, I love you know, guys that you'll catch your eyes going on the street. So War Machine, you know, that, that imagery of them, that naturally you know, kind of draws my attention. Um, you know, I think Ricochet, I think that could be a very, you know, I think NXT first, maybe, maybe a 205 Live. Uh, if WWE is going to continue with 205 Live, perhaps there's something there with his style. I mean, he fits in very well. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, do think, I do think everybody here uh, is NXT first. Would you agree? I would agree. I think there's not... Well, you know what? Actually, when I think about it, I think Lashley could potentially go straight to the main roster. Lashley was ECW champion. He was involved in one of the huge storylines with our now president of the United States of America. So whenever I 
we were there for that. You and me, a young 20-somethings at the University of Michigan. All right, Pete. But um, I do think whenever you see Lashley, he's a guy that can immediately go to SmackDown Live or Raw. Um, I like Lashley. He didn't talk in WWE. That was my problem. And now when fans are so critical of guys who can't get over via the mic, he might have a little bit of trouble. But the fact that Lashley is a poor man's Brock Lesnar – you can build him up in WWE as being a legitimate threat. He has that Bellator MMA background, so he's a real fighter. When WWE fans now like real fighters as well, he might get away with that instead of going to NXT. Well, I was going to ask you, this, this question was posed to me on my Wrestling Reality Audio podcast that people can get every Wednesday on iTunes and iHeartRadio. Um, do you think Bobby, you know, we, we, we keep running out of opponents, legitimate, credible opponents for Brock Lesnar, assuming Brock has more left Beyond WrestleMania, do you think that you know Bobby Lashley is a is a realistic uh, feud that they could do? Um, I don't. I don't think it's something that people would care a lot about. Um, I'll tell you one thing: if if Lesnar signs again and gets another, you know, say this time next year, Brock Lesnar's still on the roster and he's heading towards WrestleMania. One guy that I could honestly see him feud with, and it might be very early, jumping the gun. I would pay a lot of money to see Brock Lesnar versus Lars Sullivan. Look at Lars Sullivan and look how big he looks like he could kill any man alive. And that's exactly how WWE has been building up Brock Lesnar. This guy's not going to go through the ranks of NXT for two years. The look, the size, the pretty decent mic work that I've seen from him so far, he's a guy that I think fans would want to see. Bobby Lashley's just, he's, he's bland as a character. And he's not a UFC champion, even though he's a real fighter. But I don't know if people really care to see kind of poor man's Brock Lesnar against Brock Lesnar. That, that makes sense. Bobby Lashley, the man who needed Donald Trump to be his mouthpiece in the ring. Come, Come out, out here, Bobby. Bobby. Do you think Come Lashley here, and Lesnar something? Come out here, Bobby. I don't. I. I. I don't. I'm sorry, Lashley. Lashley and Lesnar doesn't do anything for me. But I, I yeah. could see. I can see why people pose the question. But uh, no, it doesn't do anything for me. Uh, that being said, we'll we'll wait and see how it all uh, how it all unfolds. Let us know what you think. Make sure you sign on at CS Reality on social media at Justin Labar at Josh Eisenberg Four. We got more coming up. Raw twenty five. We'll talk about it. It's been 25 years since Monday Night Raw debuted on the USA Network in January of 1993, and we're getting ready to celebrate the 25th anniversary of Raw. And uh, for people like myself and my co-host Josh Eisenberg, it's been a big part of our entire lives. I'm looking forward. I'll be in New York City. I'll be at the Manhattan Center in the Grand Ballroom there for Raw 25, something I thought I'd never get to do. It'll be like stepping into a time machine. Looking forward to it. Hope to see any of you New Yorkers up there. Josh, down in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, I'm here in Pittsburgh. Josh, as we get ready to preview Raw 25, I'll just put it out there right now. What is your favorite moment in the 25 years of Monday Night Raw? That is a great question, Justin. I'm going to have to do a few if that's okay with you. I think when uh, seeing the Austin beer truck, there was no other moment that could define an era such as that. And especially seeing Vince McMahon waddle and swim in the ring, all the beer. I think that was fantastic. Oh, the big swim was great. Yeah, exactly. One other one that I think doesn't get enough credit that it absolutely should because um, it brought back one of the biggest performers of all time and a two main two WrestleMania main events in a row 
is when The Rock was announced as a special host of WrestleMania 27. It was six days before Elimination Chamber. It was in Anaheim, California, I believe. And I remember that reaction from the crowd was unlike anything I've ever heard in my entire life. Because a lot of people thought it was going to be somebody like a dud of Justin Bieber or a Bob Barker or some ridiculous celebrity host that they shoved down our throats. But it gave The Rock back to us. And you might not think that The Rock's matches at 28 and 29 were meaningful. Well, check Vince's wallets. Check WWE's wallets. That moment there was one of my most memorable moments. And that was one of the many millions and the rock means millions of fans that were shocked by the great ones return what about you what do you like most well like you i'll take a couple uh you know i'm an austin guy so i'll i'll go to the the bang 316 that that piece of television that episode of of austin hunting vince and all the you know because i mean at this point the company is really on i mean they are really doing some of the most uh you know, it's stuff that would never hold up today in today's politically correct world. Uh, so, I mean, you know, to, to see how that unfolded, that, that was really something I, I never would forget. And then, you know, there's a billionaire who just pissed his pants. Um, you know, that, that holds up for me. Talk about reactions. I mean, Chris Jericho's, uh, you know, entrance in the summer of 99 when The Rock's talking, that holds up still today, not only with, um, you know, the surprise factor to a point, but just the reaction. I mean, it's yeah. just, you yeah. can, whether you watch it on the network, whether you find a YouTube clip, the, the volume, it, it holds up. The, the reaction was f- uh, phenomenal from the Chicago crowd. And i got to get a third one, and they, these aren't necessarily in all these particular order, but, you know, we can talk about all these moments. But a lot of these moments were, were all building blocks. They were all missiles. They were all bullets being fired in, of course, the Great War, the Great Monday Night War with WCW. So... How could you not be a fan of Raw from the beginning and then also, of course, watching Nitro from the beginning and not say that moment when you see Vince McMahon shaking and hugging Eric Bischoff, the guy who almost put him out of business, <laughs> that, you know, that was just something that we really thought we would never, well, ever see. And well, I what about say the that, simulcast, though, yeah. Justin, whenever you saw Nitro on WWE television? That was jaw-dropping as well. It was, and I, but I'll, I'll, I'll fight back on this. It was, it was. It was a phenomenal moment of seeing Cleveland Raw, uh, you know, Panama City Nitro. But, you know, I think even to a point, especially in the last year or two, you know, the death bell started to ring for WCW. You figured, okay, they might eventually go out of business. But even when they go out of business, I, you know, I thought, okay, maybe we see some wrestlers come over. But I never would have thought Vince McMahon would have ever hired Eric Bischoff as an yeah. on-air talent. So that, that just really stuns, st- blows well, me away. And, and I had a feeling, I didn't have a feeling at the present time, but looking back at it now and reflecting, Vince, you know, why would he ever hire Eric Bischoff? Well, not as big of a competition as he was, and there, it is a little bit different. But a guy like Paul Heyman as well coming to WWE, he didn't have that uh, so, you know, surrounding stardom around him like Eric Bischoff did. But when I saw Heyman come in, I knew that anything was pretty much possible for WWE. And as much as SmackDown Live and SmackDown tries to be the show, there's a reason why people still know what WWE Raw is. And going to Raw 25 now, you know, the, the double cast, obviously, the Manhattan Center and at the Barclays. Uh, what do you expect to come out of this, aside from nostalgia? Will there be any big building blocks going either into the Royal Rumble or even further down the road into WrestleMania? Uh, I think so. You know, the trick is you have the you have the Royal Rumble six days after, so you have to be careful on making matches because you still need to give uh, purpose to the Rumble and and those that are you know involved in it. But I, I definitely think. Uh, the buzz is there. I think it's there for a reason. I do think we will get some tease of the Undertaker's match 
Um, you know, John Cena seems to be the front running in the rumor mill. Um, you know, I think we will get some tease, whether it is, and, I, and I'm not, I'm not actually against seeing the Undertaker in both locations. The Undertaker, more than anybody, is justified to be seen in both locations. He was the main event of the very first Raw at the Manhattan Center, but of course, he's had a lot of memorable moments in the bigger arena days of Raw. So I could easily see him, um, whether he starts off Raw, what an attention grabbing that is uh, at the Manhattan Center, whether he starts off somewhere at the Manhattan Center, uh, maybe even makes a claim saying, much of my career started here, and I'm, I'm here to say you know, farewell and goodbye, because we haven't seen him since he laid his, his, his coat and such down at Mania. Perhaps he teases a goodbye uh, only for a John Cena or someone to say, I don't think you're done yet, and then we have Taker show back up at the end of the night, lights off, lights back on at Barclays. I think that would be very fitting if, any, if anybody should be seen in two locations and has that mystical power to be seen in two locations at one night. Uh, I think that The Undertaker is that person. I agree. I think it's a great idea, Justin, him kicking off at the 8 o'clock hour uh, in the Manhattan Center. And then potentially at the 10 o'clock hour, have John Cena come out, maybe not having The Undertaker say that he's done, he's finished, but maybe saying, I hear this Roman Reigns saying that he's retired me. Well, I'm not retired. I still have one more match in me. And then somehow where they tease that. The only thing that I could rebuttal with is if you do that, you automatically eliminate John Cena being a believable guy to win the Royal Rumble. But maybe that's not what WWE really needs. You know, WWE really needs guys, young and up and coming guys, to be the ones that fans think can win the Royal Rumble. You know, for such a long time, we had young guys like Sheamus and Del Rio uh, win the Royal Rumble, guys that are fresh to WWE. But then they went back the past couple of years to establish guys that they know um, they can bank on, guys like Randy Orton and John Cena and Triple H, and the list goes on and on. For Raw 25, what I really want to see is maybe not necessarily the Undertaker's WrestleMania match, but what about a match for Triple H? I mean, we don't know what Triple H is going to do. Tease it somehow where you're going to have an involvement with Triple H. I would love to see some of the SmackDown guys there, maybe a Kevin Owens, uh, you know, maybe Shane McMahon or Daniel Bryan. I want Raw 25 to be a lot of nostalgia, but I want to take away two or three credible things from that show, aside from seeing you know Stone Cold back, which is going to be great, and then the New Age Outlaws and DX. There, there has to be some sort of importance to the show. If not, it's just going to be okay. That was kind of cool, but what's the point? Right. I'll tell you what. Triple H is, is you know, you, you know, he's going to have a Mania match. Um, I've been sitting there trying to figure this out as we start to try to cross out the pieces of who who goes where and fit who with where. If we if we think that Roman Reigns is going to fight Brock Lesnar, if we think it's going to be Undertaker John Cena, you know, uh, I've been trying to figure out. Okay, Braun Strowman still needs a big match. Mm -hmm. And what if we got what you know? What if it was a Braun Strowman? And a Triple H. Better yet, I think even more as I as I take Triple H and, and and spread it out, based upon everything else we keep hearing and stirring around. I'll I'll, I'll give you one that we can uh, we can we can fantasize about, Josh. What if it is Triple H and Stephanie McMahon versus Ronda Rousey and Braun Strowman? That gives Braun a big match. If he's not going to be in the title match, if he's not going to fight Taker, it gives Braun a big match. It'll be a Sports Center highlight. It'll be all over all the sports shows. It keeps Ronda Rousey protected, so you're not putting her out there in a singles match, much less against an, a, a very untrained Stephanie McMahon. Uh, and of course, it gives Triple H, uh, you know, who is, you know, a, you know, an anchor to WrestleMania these days. So, I, you know, as I'm as I'm fantasizing and trying to put pieces, that's something that's popped in my head. Again, you don't want to take away Braun's momentum going into a title match at Rumble, but I think we could always plant a seed.
I think that's a, <laughs> a fantasy with Ron and Stephanie and you're playing a C. Good to know. But I think this is a great idea. I got what you I'm did there. You. <laughs> I'm going to back you on it. Um, you know, usually I'll try to argue and dispute you just for fun. But I think if you put Braun Strowman in a match like that, if you're not going to put him in the Universal Championship match, which is unlikely, this is the next best thing. Triple H is pretty much now the new Undertaker where – it's maybe not a championship match, but it's just as important on that card than any other match that you'll see. Looking at Sting, looking at Triple H you know, at WrestleMania 30, um, looking at WrestleMania uh, against Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania 30 last year, obviously. I'm in for it. And you give Braun that mainstream attention with Ronda Rousey on SportsCenter, that can attract the fans that Vince wants to bring back from the Attitude Era because Braun, like you and I know, Justin is a once-in-a-lifetime attraction. Absolutely. Close out CSR this week. Can I hear that Braun chant of yours? That Braun scream? Might be your best Braun Strowman yet, LeBron. Woo! 2018, here we come. ChairShotRealityWrestlingInc.com. Make sure you subscribe, like, comment, share, do what you got to do. Number one procrastination tool on the internet, behind internet porn. New York City, I'll see you tomorrow.